Sports Show presents House of Rugby. Hello and you're all very welcome to House of Rugby. My name is Maura Thrasani Rule, and on this week's show we'll look back on a very exciting weekend of URC action as the first block of URC league games comes to a close. And joining me here in studio is Lindsay Peat and... Pat McCarry, you're both very welcome. We'll jump straight in with the first game on Friday night. Munster took on Glasgow on a freezing night <laughs> in Musgrave Park and they got the better of them and did it playing very exciting rugby, Lindsay. Have you thought out? Just about. Just I was, about. I, I was I, watching on the telly, I was like, I don't have you. I got these really, really cool heat patches that you can put into your shoes and that you have on your hands. So I felt like <laughs> All a new your person. Body. Yeah, <laughs> Dervila and Ema were very jealous because I kept saying to them how toasty my feet were. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Everyone's trying to do um, everyone else out since Bernard Jackman had that kind of um, was it a USB heated. I MG, have one like. of those as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like everyone's trying to come up with these new ways. <laughs> but um, I have to say, if you weren't heated by your um, by your new find, you would be heated by the fact that um, Munster I thought were sublime. I thought it was a cracking game. I thought their attacking rugby was exceptional. I thought Tom Ahern at six foot nine, who had like a kind of midfielder's catch at some point, which mm. we we'll go on to. Um, I just thought they were exceptional, and I think <clears throat> one thing over the last probably twelve months, and we would have covered this last year, Pat, was that uh, Graham Roundtree was all about the speed of the ruck, and if you're going to compete with the likes of Leinster and La Rochelle and any of these big, big hitting teams, the speed of your ruck had to be quick and by God was it quick. Craig Casey was first to it. He was even clearing rucks at times. They will be probably disappointed at that but I just think the nature of their win probably disappointed that they let Glasgow get their own mm-hmm. bonus point um, on the loss but Glasgow have not won I think since 2008 so it's not been a good hunting ground um, and I think the all-weather pitch d- certainly suits the new style of, of Munster rugby now I have to say I, I was fairly, fairly impressed with them. Yeah, they were so impressive on the attack pat weren't they? I know we'll touch on the the line out malls and how the defensive malls kind of failed them mm. um when it when it comes to um Glasgow's performance but Munster themselves it it, it looks like as Graham Rountree alluded to afterwards they're a possession based team now and this is what they rep every week in training and they're so comfortable on the ball and they just look so exciting yeah yeah the, the confidence is kind of flowing through them now isn't it and, and uh, I saw a bit there, I think it was yesterday, uh, a guy who was very good on Twitter, like uh, EK Rugby Analysis, he was doing a, a great piece on uh, how Munster are even using like the, their kickoffs as like an attacking platform now as well. And and he was saying how they would have targeted, they, they saw that like Glasgow leave players short on the left-hand side. And so then they targeted him, like, but it wasn't kind of, they didn't immediately go up the left, they fainted into the middle, went back to the left. And then that's where you saw a heron. Like, like putting his hand up all of a sudden as a blindside now, like, and, and showing like that we don't just have Ryan Baird as kind of an option there, but he came out of nowhere and then just drew his man in, got the pass away, and it led to that Dermot Barron try. And just kind of like, so they're that, like, they're, they have their homework done, everybody knows what their job is. Uh, the guys are doing the decoy runs, are kind of like just out, like, in a way, what Leinster done, and even like Roundtree said it even last season, didn't he? That like they are looking at Leinster like and yeah. you know it's a compliment to them and they're kind of adapting it to their own game and yeah you could just see like just the how the forwards are kind of buying into it as well like and it's not just they're not just there to turn it around the corner anymore they're playing a part in the moves and kind of uh, yeah and it's all kind of at the moment clicking very well for them and let's see if they can take that into this weekend yeah every player seems to bring the ball to the line and are always looking for that offload 
Yeah, like uh, one person we would have identified last year again was uh, Anton Frisch, who was a, an exceptional find mm. by Munster. And we've seen two exceptional offloads by him. One, an out-the-back little chicken wing to <laughs> for Craig Casey's try last week against Leinster. But even last... Uh, but even on Friday night, Friday it night. led to Sean O'Brien's chip kick. Exactly. So he took the contact. His hands were free. He's always trying to keep the ball alive. O'Brien goes up the wing. The confidence for him to chip in. Nankavelli gets it. Continues the momentum because you have to remember when you're playing, Glasgow are absolutely breaking their arse back. Their lungs are pounding. They're thinking, right, we're going to slow the ball down. But again, because of the speed of Munster continually bringing that ball and keeping the ball moving, it's just putting so much pressure on Glasgow and any other team they're playing. Mm -hmm. And then obviously it goes out to Tom Ahern who again did exceptionally well to lean into his man and not Mm -hmm. be put out over the sideline. Now, we see him playing this role that P.O. Mahoney as well. It's usually kind of the likes of your hooker. You'd kind of mismatch out in those 15 metre channels or five metre channels. Um, and he seems to have been hanging out there, yeah. to, you know, with great success. And I just thought he was exceptional in everything he did. And he was obviously part of that try as well, where he drew the man, waited two hands on the ball mm-hmm. and, and then gave the offload. So... I just thought he was deserved player to match. Uh, I believe he was full back before he took the stretch to six foot nine, so it does make sense. But it's all these skill base that they would have built up to come in. Um, and I suppose the question now is, what what kind of combinations do they play? They can now play around with the opposition because obviously Mike Prendergast would have done that leading up to Glasgow. <clears throat> obviously for Dogbo's try as well. Um, they identified something where they just wanted to quickly get the ball mm-hmm. where Glasgow were quite narrow or they weren't marking him. So for his first try, even easy under the post. So we're now seeing a deeper kind of level to Munster, which we haven't seen over the mm-hmm. last number of seasons. And hopefully that will just bring more success. For them and they year. were out for revenge after what happened in Thoman Park. Like we all remember mm-hmm. last oh, yeah. March, yeah. Glasgow were 28 nil ahead at half time, So they had targeted this fast start. But Glasgow didn't do themselves any favours. They had conceded four penalties in the first six minutes. And that's a real problem for Glasgow they're ill-disciplined yeah yeah isn't it funny like yeah just to think back to that Glasgow game at Thoman earlier like that's when well the people were already kind of thinking Munster season was in trouble but to go back now what are we like eight months later and mm. see how things have changed so much and and as I said yeah like the confidence that's kind of flowing through those guys and uh, yeah that's a, that's a kind of a problem for them like they're kind of as, as Lindsay was kind of saying Munster trying to get quick rook ball they're trying to kind of slow it down they were kind of sloppy they were under pressure giving away penalties and kind of just kind of giving them cheap outs as well for Munster as well like so um, yeah a lot for like I know they rested a couple of guys now like with an eye on Europe as well but uh, still have some big hitters out there but uh, yeah that's kind of something for them to work on but for for Munster yeah they'll go in now like back to back home games now as well so they'll go in very confident for the weekend and yeah just another guy that like like Frisch has kind of been so impressive mm-hmm. like but uh, yeah Nankivell has kind of just settled in so well hasn't he I loved his try like where like yeah you just wouldn't expect you were expecting yeah. that to go left like even watching the replay even though I know he scored it I was watching the replay and I'm still expecting it to go left and he just barrels through yeah. a load of people and, and gets a right great try score that really yeah, yeah. Like Glasgow were fairly yeah they're stacked set, there in yeah. the middle like yeah yeah and so yeah he's done so well and um, those partnerships and the combinations that Munster are building week on week it just feels like they're really settled you know when you look at Crowley and Casey at yeah. 9 and 10 and Ankeville and Frisch and I think that builds the confidence as well yeah like I'd be so like interested to see the team this weekend because like it it just seems like Casey and Crowley are like, now that the World Cup is over and they're back and Settle back in there the the nine and ten now and it's like so interesting. Just I was surprised there last weekend to see Conor Murray again on the bench. Like and is he gonna accept this role in the team that he's almost like like he's doing for Ireland? Like and Casey's the man. Like but he's Casey's just doing so good, isn't he? Like it, that 
Um, Roundtree seems to have said, yeah, you, you're the guys, you have it. Like, you know, and, and let's see how you get on. So will it be Murray and Crowley against Bayonne at the weekend or will Casey get a, a chance again? But like Casey's like, he's, yeah, it's all it's going so well and he is just kind of making a tick and getting mm. such a quick ball away. So uh, yeah, like there's a lot, just so many positives for Munster at the moment, isn't there? Like, yeah, as I said, eight months on, the world has changed mm-hmm. so much. Like, yeah, will we will we be wearing Munster jerseys at the end? Of the <laughs> no, season? we will not. That was a one-off. Okay, <laughs> don't even bring that up. <laughs> now, Graham Rangtree himself wasn't too pleased. He said he was a bit torn after the performance because they're looking at the five mall tries, well, four mall tries and a penalty that Glasgow scored. Mm. Now, Glasgow have been using the lineout as a potent weapon all season long. Nineteen of their tries before this game had come for a lineout, so you know it's coming. You know what to expect from them. They, they obviously look at it and rep it in training over and over again. It works for them. Johnny Matthews is the leading try scorer yeah, in the URC. Tries. Eight tries now after yeah. the weekend. But what can Munster do differently or how will they reflect on that performance when it comes to defending them all? It's probably two points to this and, and Pat can come in on this whether he agrees or not. So what has been a potent weapon even in the dark times eight months ago mm. was Munster's mall. So when you're when you're practicing your own mall, you obviously work how to defend it as well. And the fact that obviously for their kickoff and identified little Achilles heels against Glasgow as they came to town, that would have been one thing they would have identified because Johnny Matthews came off the bench last week and had two tries against Ulster. So why then they would have um, ran through all of that at training. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to adapt to that. That's the other bit. Do you know, all well and good when a team are going to, to their strengths and, you know, but there was nothing to kind of negate that. So either you go up and you try and win the ball. Mm. And if you're not winning the ball, you stay down, and you try and absolutely break them. Um, you kind of split the, the setup and that's the only way you can really do it. But um, they didn't even kind of throw a dig really. They didn't give away like, right, Grand Glasgow were cynical. They got a yellow card in the first half for being cynical and slowing the ball. Whereas Munster kind of didn't do that. They were... And that probably showed the naivety and inexperience of the youth. And that's a tactic that Glasgow have. Oh, hugely. Yeah. Like you're going to go to your strengths. It, you, you know, we will see it um, this weekend when they go, is it to Bath? Uh, they're going to Bath Glasgow the against Northampton oh sorry Northampton mm-hmm. in the European so that's go- going to be something why deviate from something that is working for yeah. you and getting your tries all season but they, they, they play on <clears> the <throat> edge they, they're, they've given away the most penalties in the competition but are sitting pretty high up in the league well, so. yeah you know they're in the, the top half of the URC so they're doing something right I would like to see their discipline improve because I mean they did give I suppose they allowed that momentum to continue, mm-hmm. you know, whereas instead of maybe using the speed of the rook um, and slowing it down, you can be cynical and get away mm-hmm. with it. But they yeah. were kind of blatantly like, nah, we're just going to really like, <laughs> yeah. really annoy you here. And it didn't really phase Munster, but I think Roundtree will be. And that's where um, RG comes in and Jean Klein, where they're just big physical men yeah. who can you know, help you at the mall. So Peter O'Mahony as well coming back in the next two weeks. Absolutely. But yeah. that's where the likes of, you know, that's where the aspirations we've seen exactly what Tom O'Hearn say, for example, yeah. can do. Um, even John Hognett, you know, great going forward, really good in their in their setup and their team play. But there are going to be times where you have to be able to go toe-to-toe and arm wrestle the, the opposition when you come up against bigger packs. So I think that's going to be a work on, I would think, now going forward. Is it a technical thing, organisation? Is it power? Is it a combination of all three? Well, I would think personally, if I was coaching, even myself still playing, like if you have players who are big and aggressive, say you're staying down your five metre, it would be my 
belief that you try and stay down your five meter if you're not comp- able to compete mm. in the air because you're now you if you think about it you've three people three of your players out of mm. action between your lifter and your jumper so stay down and try and one sack the jumper and you, the other two are splitting the kind of sports of those lifters away and then you just kind of you really negate the moment the momentum the bit they'll build and set it up and even if you delay time you're getting all your pack and they've lost whatever they've gained, you know, in winning the ball. So that'd be my philosophy in it. So it would be technical when you're in anywhere in from 10 metres out mm-hmm. from your try line. So fixable? Absolutely fixable. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, you have to have something to work on. And these young players have shown glimpses of exactly their skill set. But this has just been cute. Like we, I, I, my, my key word last year was being a cute here. And, you know, with, with age comes experience and you don't always have to be the quickest, but you, you can be the smarter mm-hmm. one when, you know, when you have those years under your belt. And that's where the likes of P.O. Manny is essential. Ollie Yeager came off the bench. I'd say it was a real shock to the system playing in those temperatures oh, after yeah. coming from New Zealand. How did you think he did, Pat? Yeah, he's good. He's, he's just a good acquisition, isn't he? Like, and, and at the time, I remember it was announced Crusaders, I think, um, Susan Scott Penny down there, the old Munster kind of coach, he was kind of saying that he's coming over and it was almost like, who's going to get him? A lot of people thought Ulster were going to be key to get him because they were short in that position. And then Munster kind of, they, they must have been putting the feelers out in advance as well. But uh, yeah, I was just kind of reading a couple of pieces about him. I think even in the Independent there at the weekend, kind of teeing up his his appearance and just a lot of people saying, you know, like just such a big guy as well. Like, But uh, yeah, he came on and, and kind of got around the place. Okay, didn't he? Like in his, in his little shift and uh, like it looks at home and kind of mm-hmm. like, and... Has already probably had a few sessions with the lads, like so. Um, but yeah, he's gonna just be a good. It's just like I know some people are saying it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of push on and kind of get into the Ireland setup as well. Like, but mm-hmm. he's such a kind of big guy and like, uh, like if, um, kind of almost like this kind of the new version of a prop as well. Like, but um, yeah, if he can kind of get a run of games together for them, like I think he is a good signing for them. Like, so yeah, such like, and that's an, another place where we're talking about young players in the Munster setup. Like, you have the likes of like. Uh, Buckley and Witcherly as well like but again like you, you kind of need some of those kind of hard nuggety players that you were talking about there with Klein and O'Mahony and and like that's maybe one area where Munster might be short like so if you can get someone like him in that's perfect like mm-hmm. and if he can kind of bet in it's like experience now being a cute whore as well every now and then like and just kind of somebody who can kind of win you the odd penalty or kind of or hold up hold up one side of the rook is or the scrum uh perfect like yeah so let's see how he gets on and yeah tougher tests ahead for him but a great signing i think yeah yeah and a great bit bit of business as well jean klein signing on for another two years or g snyman i suppose when we saw jean klein was signing it was only inevitable that he'd be let go there's talk that he might be going to bath which would be a huge signing for them but when it comes to durability Looking at both players, Jean Klein has played so many minutes and was player of the season last year mm. for Munster. Ah, uh, he's really grown into the role, and you know, I suppose we would have rather them in an Ireland jersey, not in a South African. But he comes away with another World Cup medal, so I think he's a he's a man who's stuck to it. He's he's really been key to the successes over last season and, and the growth of that team. Um, Orgy unfortunately has his injury worries yeah. he did since the, the time so it's not like without being disrespectful they'll miss him in some ways but not an awful lot I think it's it, it gave that opportunity for a lot of players to grow um, and there's loads of players there who can step up and fill those shoes Tygburn is still there you know I thought he was exceptional again the weekend mm-hmm. just kind of like that Caelan Doris for Leinster where he's just always on the money you know in his decision making and how smart he is and again the cue her who's able to <laughs> pounce when he needs yeah. to so I think 
he was a great sign and he's a great man. And he man. could still play a role because um, Graham Rowntree was saying he's expecting him to be back in March. So like last season, mm-hmm. RG could still play a crucial role for Munster. And want a player to come in when you're at kind of the business end of the yeah. season, do you know? And at that stage, you're going to possibly, hopefully not have a lot more injuries that you need to kind of rotate your team. And, you know, it's a long L season, you know, and players aren't as robust as they were. It's great to have competition. I'll tell you one per- person who got a lot of abuse last year was um, Stephen Archer. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. he's he stepped up between his scrummaging, mm-hmm. which is his main, you know, attribute. But he was there in the open and he gave such a good pass again le- leading up to one of the Munster tries. So I think with lots of experienced players there, you know, it breeds competition and that just breeds growth. And I just think it's 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 full steam ahead for Munster. Yeah, and looking at the past four weeks, they've played Ulster, Stormers, Leinster and now Glasgow. They'll be pretty happy with the return out of those four games. Absolutely. I see nothing but, you know, mistakes are good because you learn. You know, grand, they gave away tries at the mall and, you know, when they went into an arm wrestle with it much more, I suppose, a bigger pack. That's something they have to build up in. But the the speed of their rook, how confident they are, the decision makings, the belief in how they're playing. Um, I know throughout that match, it went up to Mike Prendergast for an interview in between and, you know, he was happy enough with how things were. So when you go in with a game plan from a coaching point of view and as a player, uh, as a player group and you're sticking to plan and there's the odd thing to work on I think that's mm-hmm. it's it's nothing but positive You mentioned team selection and Graeme Roundtree was saying I think this morning that he's going to hold off as long as he can to mm. name his team because there's such competition for places where do you see the biggest deci- decisions being made is it in the back row? Yeah, well, that's interesting, especially with Heron. Like, has he be like, is he getting a bit of game time because he's going to play six again there uh, at the weekend? Like, um, you know, you would have just we were talking like even earlier in the season about a dog bow and Heron and what a kind of what promise and potential there was there as well. But then you have Burn back, and you might have thought that Burn might sl- slot into six, but they're trying to Heron out there. So will they continue with that? Uh, Hodnett um, is now kind of back and seeing. Like you even saw earlier in the season, like. Gleeson and Ruin Quinn Absolutely, as well. Absolutely, like, like Gleeson was rested this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm, I think you could see it now in the like. We'll come to this, I suppose, later. Like the Lancer Connacht game, there's a lot of six-two splits you're starting to see now as well. Like so, the, the likes mm-hmm. of then Gleeson and and Quinn and and even Kendallin as well. Like who kind of like well, I think is a great player. Like um, kind of might be on the bench now. So, so you might start seeing more of these kind mm-hmm. of. These, like, well, Raj has kind of done it over in La Rochelle as well. It's like you're having these back rows and you're like, you're, you're going to have to slot in here in the back line if we need you, but like you're, you're an extra mm. option. So they have options there as well. But like Coombs, you know, was brilliant again. Like, like every time Coombs, like it's, I'm always fascinated to see. I'd love to kind of have a camera into the Ireland squad and see why he's not getting selected and why he missed out on the World Cup squad. Because every time you see him play, he's brilliant. Like, you know, it's like... Uh, Farrell might not like is he not doing the the work off the ball or something like that but like when you see him like and he has his hands on the ball he's so there was a, a kind of I think it was before a Heron's try there at the weekend like and he's just there's two men on him and he's like almost a bit like some of the big South Africans like Evan Roos just kind of having a look around left and right and like okay I'll offload to you make now make me like, a yeah. coffee while I make a <laughs> decision here yeah, yeah. yeah he made um, that little line break yeah, so, yeah yeah like and so you would think that he would have to start <clears throat> yeah like hodding it again like man of the match in last year's URC, uh, URC final and um. Yeah. Like, and then a heron. Does he kind of switch there as well? So they have. Yeah. There's options. Like, I think that's. I think I've mentioned. I feel like I've mentioned twelve <laughs> names there. So yeah, back row is probably the biggest one. And then yeah, does Murray or Casey start again? Is the other one for me. Yeah. Bayon come to town on Saturday, and it'll be interesting to see. It's the age old question: What kind of team will travel for the French? Because the, looking at the European competition, 
four teams out of six will qualify. So maybe a lot of a lot of French teams and a lot of teams might just target their home games and send a weaker side on the road. Um, but you'd always expect a big French pack and a physical performance from them. Absolutely. And I think that's where it will be interesting, the selection, because obviously we've identified the problems if you go for a young a younger side who can move the ball and you're confident so that's the game plan I'm going to assume that they're going to go for this weekend as well um, they'll be back to Tomond which obviously you're back to a grass pitch which slows your ball down mm-hmm. naturally so it's it's I would think it's going to be a mix of experience the only thing with the the back row that Tom Ahern brings is he, he's definitely another line out option mm. and see the likes of Kendallin I, he's not a line-out caller, he's not a line-out jumper. Mm-hmm. So I suppose your set-piece is going to be absolutely key this weekend. We will go on to it with, with probably Connacht and Leinster, one who had huge success and was dominant and probably should have won the game and one who wasn't. So um, I think he'll probably stick near enough to what he what he went with actually against Glasgow yeah. with maybe the few additions. Is Peter O'Mahony due to come back this they're, weekend? They're hoping Peter O'Mahony and Jack O'Donoghue will be back for Exeter, so two weeks. Okay, so I see, I see Tom O'Hearn sticking in there, to yeah. be honest. Uh, He's really been a revelation at six, hasn't he? He is, because he actually had a big tackle on Glasgow's number 12, whoever played central. His name's gone now for me. Um, Get it up here. We will have it here now. McDowell. Um, McDowell thought it was a high high tackle, but it wasn't at all. He kind of dipped and it was another, it was another moment where I was like, all right, I've noticed you're on the attack now and then you absolutely smashed someone on the gain line, you know, so I think he's a man in confidence and, the thing, Graham Rowntree has established that philosophy around his selection f- since he took over because he doesn't want anyone to get complacent and I think he's reaped the rewards <laughs> of that. So um, unless there's major changes or injuries, I'd see a near mm-hmm. enough squad to have played against Glasgow. You were talking, Lindsay, about the, the high field he took from the cross kick. Oh, and God, like, yeah. He landed on his back, like, you know, and then still got up like a madman and kind of just bashed a couple finished. of people. Out of the yeah. Like, yeah, I'm finished. He yeah. finished well. Yeah. No, I thought he was, Jesus, he's excellent. And even for the confidence for that cross field kick to go, oh, there he is there. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously, <laughs> do you know, and that's something that's been noticeable for me, that there's this a, a, a real cohesion and trust and everyone's, you know, no one's better than the other and everyone's yeah. willing to play the ball. So, yeah, definitely flying high. And I performances get rewarded. That's Absolutely. the thing about Graham Roundtree. They do. He'll he'll keep giving the players who perform the chance and the jersey is theirs. But that's the philosophy any successful um, yeah. team plays with because that's how you build culture. That's how you build... Like if you don't give... If Pat has the game of his life and we don't reward him, then, you know... Mm-hmm. And listen, Pat, we believe in you. But, <laughs> you know, you're not going to... Yeah. You lose that player straight away. So I think he's he's come in and his man management of people and even I think the management himself themselves are a good combination of mm-hmm. people. You know, people who ex Munster men will bring it and Graham Roundtree is there's no bu- there's no bullshit with him to be honest. Moving on to Ulster, another disappointing for result for them. That's their third defeat mm. um, since the start of the season. It finished twenty four twenty seven, um. But Edinburgh deserved that win, especially after their second half performance. Yeah, yeah. I, and um, they've taken down Connacht as well earlier in the season as well, Edinburgh. They're, uh, they're, yeah, they're supposed to have always been kind of that uh, mixed bag side. They can either be absolutely brilliant. Like uh, they have the home, kind of home pitch as well where um, it's kind of like 3G as well, where like, they can kind of carve teams up if they need to. But then they might go out the next week and kind of get absolutely trolleyed by somebody. like so. Um, but no, they, yeah, fully deserved it. And then, like, yeah, Ulster needed that late try as well. Like, they, a nice try from Hume, like, just to even mm-hmm. get themselves a bonus point. So, um, yeah, everybody was kind of uh, surprised by that. Like, you know, like, Ulster kind of, like, 
they're never going to like they're not world beaters at the moment it's always like they kind of get close but not close enough but like you can pretty much like you bank on them at home for yeah, a lot of their that's games that's their like. first loss at home this season so they were mm. they were favourites I suppose going into this game but looking at their performances at home they fought back to grind out a win against the Lions they fought back to grind out a win against Munster so their performances have been disjointed I think it's just been you know both teams are, are so infuriatingly inconsistent and I think the one for us obviously would be an Irish farmers is Ulster do you know there's great movement great things about them but the same with Edinburgh do you know like put the great things together and then all of a sudden like you know inconsistent performances so um, you're not going to get anywhere in this competition we've seen it over the last 12 months especially with the addition of the the stronger um South African teams that mm. like you have no room for complacency no matter who you are whether mm-hmm. you're top of that league or bottom of it um, so yeah I found it an infuriating game it was like it's just like a pendulum swinging yeah. do you know when it's just Ulster especially to give away the Velikot try which was just a pick and a, over the line um, any any time Edinburgh were close to their line they just could not deal with them and that's that's been a consistent theme for them now over the last number of weeks yeah. just kind of switch off can't deal with the pressure and Ulster started so well Time Stewart getting over after 5 minutes he mm-hmm. scored a second try after 28 minutes but they conceded 17 points either side of the break and that was crucial and giving Ben Healy a chance to kick you know is is sacrilege really because he's been brilliant for Edinburgh yeah he's been yeah he's really kind of slotted in hasn't he like um Still only kind of, you kind of forget how young he is as well and kind of what a prospect he is like and what a shame it is that he's not in Ireland anymore as well. But yeah, I kind of think like it's funny with Ulster, like ever since they discovered the, the their own Roland Mall weapon, like it's, they hardly seem to score any more different type of tries. Like the back line has been kind of been blunted a lot. Like they they go for that set piece because it works so much, but then they just rely on it so much as well then. Like so, um yeah, like their, their back line... Like has so many like individual talents, but for some reason it's not kind of clicking as well. Maybe it's like we've discussed about like the not having a kind of ten or like a nine ten that they're mm-hmm. kind of u- using regularly as well. And um, yeah, you know the the fact that they don't have maybe like the the leader, you know, the guy who's going to play every game for them every week. And uh, so yeah, it's kind of it's a kind of shame to see because they have they have the talents there. Like you look at the team when it gets named, like even like Balakun, such potential as well. And um, yeah, we're talking about Hume, we've got his try. But yet they can't seem to kind of marry it all mm-hmm. together. Like so, I, I don't know whether things have just got a bit stale up there. But discipline is one thing that's standing out from their performances so far. They've um, conceded seventy penalties since round one. When you look at Glasgow, who have conceded the most penalties with eighty, you know that's proven really costly for Ulster. And I think we it was last week or the week before we spoke about Ulster and their indiscipline. So they were so far ahead in games and then they just can't handle the pressure. Yeah. So that's a game management thing and that has to be something Dan McFarlane has to be targeted in your training sessions. So how do you, like, do you mimic a yellow card? Do you mimic that the your, say, opposition in, um, in training has an extra player? Uh, maybe you're the referee and you're kind of putting the opposition, you're allowing things go. So the players you're looking at starting are under pressure and fatigue. Um, it's it's those decision makings and that's kind of sacrilege at, at this stage that you're letting games away from indiscipline and indiscipline comes from being under pressure and making poor decisions mm-hmm. um, and this is something that if they do not eradicate this we're going yeah. to be here every week speaking mm-hmm. about how infuriating they are because Hume's try was ridiculous he had no right to score that yeah, yeah. You know, his score. footwork 
He carved his own try. Same with the Balakoon. They're not getting him enough on the ball. Mm, a little yeah. bit the Jacob Stockdale. They have to come off their wings and make an offload. He had lot. a lovely offload, but the try... I don't uh, know the try tries. came from Stewart's Mall and they yeah. just kind of gave a little offload and he was in the corner. But I mean, the tries we're used to, the likes of Stockdale and Balakoon scoring, are, you know, they could score from their own half and yet they're just not getting on ball. And I agree with Pat, when you look at, you know, the McCluskeys, the Humes, um, the Stuart Moores, mm. um, like... Um, Will Addison was back you know like they have exceptional um, players who are world, you know they're world class and could be on any international team and yet oh, I don't know what is going on that there is a petulance is it is it the game plan uh, I think it's a combination of a number of different things I think a big issue for me is the halfback pairing if you want to marry what is a really good forward pack grant some um young players getting their, their debuts. But, I mean, they're they're not big changes. I think they they really missed Ian Henderson this week, who has actually been playing well. Um, but then they started with another combination of Cooney and, and Billy Burns, was it not, mm. this week as well. So every week it seems to be a different halfback pairing. He can't seem to decide where he's playing Nathan Doak. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a big issue for them. And I think we when we go into Leinster, we'll go into when you have an inexperienced halfback pairing, how that can sometimes impact your overall game plan. I, I was thinking, yeah, like should they just <coughs> pull the trigger and just go for Doak at, at 10? Because he has experience mm. there as well and, he, and he, he's a confident lad as well and has the kind of like the... The, yeah like the build and the kind of like you can even see like he slots in there every now and then like if you could if you had Cooney and him together I like could, that pair yeah could you I work like with that, that like, yeah. but, but Flannery they they gave him I know he's injured at the moment but he he played well when he was given the chance at the start of the season in the first yeah, few remember, rounds yeah, we as were well. speaking about that and yeah. saying give him a run of games then and then yeah injuries kind of come into it but yeah I've often kind of liked Doak like you know and because like Cooney yeah, like, and then you could even have Cooney still doing the goal kick, and then yeah. that takes the pressure off Doak again. Like, although Doak would probably be happy enough to to take the kicks, like, but yeah, he he's kind of that could be a combination that yeah you'd kind of love to see him trying because like Billy Burns, um, yeah, like you know he played for Ireland, kind of. I know we had that unfortunate kind of missed kick for touch against Wales mm-hmm. that time, but like like a steady enough player. But like I've, you know you've seen him in the big games where he used to really count whenever they'd come up against Leinster as well. He'd throw an interceptor. Like Leinster would keep the pressure up, and they knew a mistake would be there. Like so you could see that happening again in mm-hmm. in Europe. Like you know a very, perfectly good kind of pro and a lovely guy around the scene. But like if Flannery is injured, if you know hopefully he's back soon enough. But if he's not, maybe give Doak a go there and see how you get on. Because like, I'm not going to say it can't get any worse. Because Ulster could probably come out next week and surprise <laughs> us all. We'll be here raving about them next week. But yeah, maybe give Doak a go there. Well, this time last year is when it all unraveled for Ulster because they were beaten by Leinster. And then we remember what happened in Europe Gosh. and things just kept getting worse for them so they don't have an easy task this weekend they're away to Bath Bath are second in the Premiership at the moment they've been going really well they've beaten Exeter they've beaten Saracens away they have Finn Russell in there who's been critical for them he's really added to their game so it won't be easy for Ulster how do you think they'll do? I think it'll suit them going in as the underdog if I'm honest <coughs> um, excuse me swallowed a fly there I think. <laughs> um, I think they'll they'll I'm hoping they'll be happy enough going in with as an underdog tag, but I think selection will be key now this week. I think the only good thing for them is um Finn Russell is an exceptional world class player, but no more than with Scotland. If he's on, he's brilliant. If he's not, so I would target him. 
Like if I was Darren McFarlane, I'd be targeting him because he's going to be key to what Bath do and do very well. And they have started well. They're second in the Prem. They deserve that. But I think I'd be, he's someone that if you target and don't let him in the game, then he can't pull the strings. And that's how essential he is to to the success of Bath this weekend. Um, but I, yeah, I think it'll suit them to go away from home. I think it'll suit them being the underdogs. And I do hope that they come away with a win. I do think, though, I would have to favour Bath being the, the home team mm-hmm. and, and they're on a wave of confidence now and mm. that will be something that will go in as they're kind of the plus for them. Yeah, tough few weeks ahead for Ulster. Now, if we finally turn our attention to the game of the weekend in the sports ground <laughs> on Saturday night, it finished 22-24 in favour of Leinster. <laughs> Heartache for Connacht, um, as Leinster have done many times before, Pat. They found a way to win. Yeah, yeah, like and... Um, yeah, it was it was funny just to kind of see the celebrations at the end, how much it meant to those Leinster lads. Like, I, like it was one of those games where it, like it really could have went either way. Like, and I was kind of I remember talking to somebody at the day of the game and kind of saying how, you know, I, I kind of thought Leinster would win, but if Connacht knocked them over, it wouldn't surprise me because they were in that type of form. Like, and um, and then yeah, there was even stuff that was flagged in advance that you kind of like again like the line out and stuff like that and going after Leinster the set piece as well. Connacht went and did all that like the new coaches they have in seem to be kind of doing the job as well but uh, yeah Leinster still found a way to kind of get the job done and um, yeah like that's we were only talking in the office there beforehand about someone like Kieran Frawley it's like it's almost like he has to get into the Ireland team like he's been talked up for a few years like but like he's got that type of confidence about himself to even just cut in and back himself to score that try like there's got to be a room for him in the Ireland kind of squad or a match day 23 somewhere because he's just so like I, this is like again we're talking about sacrilege I don't know talk to him poor Jimmy O'Brien at all who's a class player but like could he slot in and do that kind of similar role where like he's kind of like you, you fit him in and he plugs in anywhere across the back line as well like but yeah Connacht will be will be gutted um, they've started the season so well but yet their record is is not as good as it their play kind of yes. you know it deserves to be like they could easily be six and one but they're four, yeah, and, four three. and three like yeah yeah um but yeah like a lot like so many positive like fit like Mac Hansen came back looked great even Ralston they kind of switched him his position he's just got like pace to burn um Kilgallen be talking him up every week like you know uh, I think he's just so class as well like so and Carl Ford. Like it's like it's so much going well for them, but uh, yeah, just couldn't kind of yeah. couldn't hold out. Like, forward yeah. though yeah. with the yellow card was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Hawkshaw did really well when he came off the mm. bench. He did. Um, he did really well. I think it's the it is the always the bridesmaid, never the bride is really unfortunate. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. It hurts. Don't, it hurts. Just write that tear there. Right? <laughs> um, no, do you know what I found interesting before the game? It was a great question, right, by Bernard Jackman to Pete Wilkins before the game. So he said, uh, how do you prepare for a Leinster when actually they're the hardest team probably to to prepare for when they ch- you don't know what team is coming to town? And what I saw, so we had this last week, oh, what well, Leinster will come out after, you know, the win against Munster and you're building up to Europe and away to La Rochelle. And you're kind of thinking, ah, they'll go for a, a mixed team. And when I looked at the team, she was like, wow, I did not see that coming, do you know? I don't think many people did. No, really, really inexperienced halfback pairing of Ben Murphy. He was actually under 20. Obviously, he's probably sick of this. He's son of Richie Murphy, you know, but, you know, has lots of experience, deserves to start. But then you pair him with Harry Byrne. And we would lots of chat about, would we play Kieran Frawley at 10? And then you're looking at Sam Prendergast, who deserves to run. And you're kind of like, wow. Um, so Rob Russell's back in. Now, he, mm. I thought he would stand out now for Leinster. He was exceptional. Mm-hmm. I think he had 13 carries uh, turnover, the amount of metres, 85 metres he made. So his stats were off the charts. Mm. And obviously then he'd, um, for uh, 
he had a kick through. Uh, Charlie Natai, I got him right this week. <laughs> uh, I thought he was accepting the first he try really for Leicester. He, um, he was brilliant. Really? Uh, yes, first that was well, I think try. yeah, it was. first try after all his games. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I had to pick my job <laughs> off the ground. I was like, really? But even as it'll chip through, so. There was glimpses of the Leinster we, we know can play. Even mm. that um the quick tap where the mm, the pod the... moved out, Ben Murphy comes in and then because obviously Connacht were expecting the pod carry, like skip them, which is a face ball, which is so hard, and then into Natai and, and he just scores. Um so huge glimpses. But Connacht did their homework because for Mac Hansen's break, um Leinster were lazy so they hadn't folded enough players around and they exploited that so there's really good decisions by by Connacht and when they made those they absolutely ripped Leinster apart it's just again comes back to game management because they closing were closing out the game because they'll be sick with that but they Cameron ha- Blade had it I mean what do you, I was like what are you doing are you like shining the ball get the ball out <laughs> Yeah. get it to your back there line. was that scrum decision then there was the, the line out the, line out, the <clears throat> crooked throw just throw to two <laughs> Yeah. keep it simple and Look at you, throw to two. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm learning a lot off you, Lindsay. But keep it simple. Absolutely, just win the ball. Just, just win the ball. Doesn't matter if you have to give it to your granny. She puts it up her jumper, and it's just not in a Leinster hand. And that is comes again to game management. And it's the, like I did. I'm a huge Leinster fan. I'm obviously delighted that it, it came across the win. But it was kind of one of them where we robbed it. We absolutely robbed Connacht blind because. You did deserve the win. I thought some of your rugby was exceptional. I thought Mac Hansen, you know, he's only back and he was on and slotted into fifteen. I like I like him at fifteen. Yeah, mm. we said this last year. Like I like him at fifteen because, like he's obviously an X ten, so he's a very smart footballer, but mm-hmm. he just oozes this. I don't give a shit. You, you could kind of, you could kind of, <laughs> you'd forgive people for saying, "Oh, this lad loves himself. He's full of confidence." But we've met him. He's just a really down to earth guy who just doesn't. He takes it all in a stride. You know, um, he just looks like he has all the time in the world when he has the ball in possession. All the time, he makes really good decisions, and then he brings the likes of poor Dermot Kagan. When you're a winger, never been there because I'm not quick <laughs> enough. But I'd say, you know, it's not a nice place to be on a cold night out west. But then can bring players in at the drop of a hat same with Caelan Blade you know the passes the intricacies so they'd be unfortunate with the yellow cards I think um, yeah let's talk about that yellow card decision because Cahill, it, it, it felt like it was a harsh decision because the elbow was coming from wasn't it Natai yeah Charlie and I, yeah. I thought Natai was in jeopardy of getting the yellow card because I was like oh he but kind the of ran over him but the onus is on the defender I, I thought he was very unlucky and I suppose the issue is you're trying to. It has to be black and white when it's it's this heavy head, on head, head. Kind of, Yes, and it, he is very unfortunate, and I really did feel sorry for him because as a player you're kind of like, well, what could I do there? Mm. I'm on the back foot. I'm on my heels. I've made an effort to dip, and to me, like, I've been that player where I do love a go down handoff, but I mean, you can be guilty of kind of just dropping the shoulder and trying to run over someone. So I thought, to be honest, I was like, oh, Natai's in trouble here. Mm-hmm. But um, the letter of the law says the defender has to make the effort and it's their responsibility. So I think it's an unfortunate, here's where it says in the law, you fit Yeah, and, and, and if they're trying to cut it out of the game, I suppose they have to, they have to be harsh and they have to make these decisions. Well, we had huge chats again um, throughout the season last year where, you know, Reds were deserving then you'd others were afraid to make the decision especially in big big games against big teams and when it's players 
um, health and well-being and something you're trying to stamp out of the game and you have a responsibility as an overall union you have to it just has to be black or white so it, it is unfair I do feel sorry for Carl Ford he was having a great game um, and it did impact I felt Connacht at that time They didn't concede anything during that yellow and I think the thing about Connacht is when they're looking back at this game is there's so many positives like they defended mm. so well they never looked under pressure when Leinster were in the twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, the um, and yeah, and that's such a big thing. And Leinster are normally so lethal, like in um, call it the red zone. You know, like and, yeah. and they always kind of you know get points on on their visits to the twenty-two as well. And um, but yeah, there was no kind of panic. It's that kind of thing that again you you used to kind of see it with uh, the likes of. Uh, like Ireland in the World Cup as well, they all trust each other so much and no one's shooting up and panicking or if someone's shooting up, they know that that's his role to kind of do it as well. And everybody was just kind of communicating with each other and kind of, yeah, the defence was such a kind of thing to be um, to be pleased with. And that's why I suppose like the, that's why the Frawley try was so good because like the lads were doing, you know, like everything was going well and even they didn't look in that much danger like as they, as they kind of, like Lens were brave enough to kind of spread it like uh, wide for that last attack but it's just a, a kind of moment of brilliance like I think I, I saw it, uh, Damien Williams has scored a good try for his Stormers at the weekend as well where like it's just that step at speed takes out two guys mm-hmm. so quickly as well like so uh, but yeah Connacht they'd be like sitting back there like and you know it's like tiny kind of dressing rooms out there and at the sports ground as well and they'll be all packed in and, and each other and stuff but they'd just be wondering how they, they didn't get Kick anything them when they're down Pat oh those tiny yeah, tiny dress little dressing rooms <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have the money to quaint, get quaint, quaint dressing rooms like <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it. Like, but a lot of positive work. And as you said, like, yeah, they'll they'll look back. I think they probably ended, but they could have been like, I think a point off fourth, and now they're down in kind of seventh or something yeah, like that. It's and so kind of close in the league at the moment. But Leinster, mm. credit to them. We're talking about Connacht's defence. Leinster still got the bonus point win. And looking back at this game, they won't look at the performance. They'll look at the five points that they got. Well, it's probably two things. We, the Connacht didn't uh, just for a move on. Connacht didn't concede during the yellow card. But then the amount of time you have to work, yeah, I think we probably saw the mm. then the repercussion of that towards the end of the game because the little time that I saw the Villamson try as well, you're now starting, you're so tired, you're now, your brain switching off, your, mm-hmm. your communication drops and it's those little moments where other teams will pin you. So um, not to take away from Connacht, I thought they were, they, were, they looked fairly comfortable now in defence. Um, another big shift by Keane Prendergast who has mm. to be into an Ireland squad at now at this stage. Yeah. Uh, he was immense obviously in South Africa as well between turnovers, his carries. Um, he's really coming up t- as a leader for them. But um, Leinster, they're just a team that know how to win, except against La Rochelle. But um, <laughs> they're yeah, it's it's it kind of drip feeds down through all the levels and the younger players. They're just so confident in their game plan. They're so confident that they won't lose, and that's a huge psychological advantage to have over any team. Yeah, they're not playing at their best, but they're still six from seven. They've only lost one game since the start of the season. Yeah, you just know how to win, and like. I know we were having the crack there with that, but just even like saying that to get the ball in a two, just to know how to retain the ball, how mm. to manage it. Players knowing their role, they're confident in who they get. Like even Natai, just a little chip through, like you think, oh, we're under pressure. Now they were a good bit ahead at that stage, you know, They, but well, they weren't a good bit ahead. I think they may be only... They were 11 points ahead yeah. with 10 minutes to go. Yeah. So the pre- he wasn't feeling the pressure. That was the decision he went with at the time. He obviously saw something that there was a gap. Rob Russell should have probably finished it. Um, and then Ronan Kelleher reaped the rewards of that. So that's what I mean. They're not afraid to try things. They're not afraid to put teams under pressure. And the other bit of that when you're the opposition is, how do you defend the unpredictable? How do you defend the unpredictable when you can go for a chip through? They can go through hands. They can go through a crossfield kick. They can just carry it, you know, mm-hmm. to the gain line. They brought off their own bomb squad off the bench. 
Do you know? Yeah. Um, mm. But Connacht had the upper hand in the scrum. Jeez, I thought um, uh, Dave Heffernan, uh, obviously ex-Leinster. Uh, who else? Peter Dooley, ex-Leinster. And well, then yeah. Jack Anger was Jack Anger. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Dylan Tierney Martin came off the bench as yeah. well. So, you know, there's huge Buckley. positives. Like, I can't undermine Connacht. I, I really, you know, I... I did kind of well up. I was like, oh God, my heart went out to them now, I have to say. And I think yeah. Pete Wilkins has done a good, really good job there. I, I listened to him in his, his pre-match and I thought he spoke so well. He seems yeah. a good guy. It's nice to have the consistency there. Obviously, he was part of the management. Um, so I think they're a team that's flying, but I would like to see them just finishing out games. And I think mm-hmm. that no more than Ulster in a different sense, they just have to manage it for their to, to build on their own good work and not let that just go down the swanee. The biggest question ahead of next week now for Leinster is, of course, the question about who he'll pick at 10. Because last week we were convinced that he might go with Frawley again after such an impressive performance. Now, Harry Byrne came on. Does that do we read into that that Harry Byrne's going to start this week? That Harry Byrne was given game time ahead of La Rochelle and Frawley is the utility back again? I think they'd be mad starting Harry Bourne. Lots of chat about him. Lots of chat about how skillful he is and lots of chat like internally about he's different to his brother so it's very hard to compare the two. Um, but I haven't seen anything that instilled that confidence going in now to an away European game that we really, we really need to start on the front foot for this. Um, like what I want to see now with Jacques Nina Barr in is that there's this um, there's lots of chat about Leinster not having won trophies that they should have and they should have. They're, they're mm-hmm. a province now that will be absolutely scared and what I want to see now is like kind of this moment where they are taking no prisoners and I want to see that starting this weekend so for me right now I don't think Harry Byrne is ripened enough I, I do see Harry Byrne being back after his, his arm injury and then who's his backup so I would think Frawley personally I to start think. no I think Harry Byrne to start probably but, if he's yeah. if he's fit he's, he's deserved that he hasn't put a foot wrong he's a very different player to Johnny than we would have been used to. But I think for the consistency and what he did, brings in the kick in his territory, it's going to have to be a complete game plan by both management and a playing. Because oh, whoever you're he... Ross Byrne, is it, if he's fit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, who was I saying? Harry, Harry Byrne. Oh, sorry, Ross yeah. Byrne. Uh, sorry to start if he's injured. And I don't... R- what, Ross Byrne won't be back for... I don't know what, what his prognosis is, but he won't be back for another few weeks. So you'd imagine whoever they pick at 10 this week will be the starting 10 over the next few weeks. They have to stick with someone at mm. this point, don't they? Yeah, like, I, like it's funny, like, <clears> it's, like, I was even kind of doing a piece there last week on, like, the, the best young prospects in Irish rugby and I think I had Harry Byrne, Harry Byrne and John Hodden were my number 10 in it, like, and, uh, I think I ended up going with Byrne and I got so much grief for it as John well. John at ten. No, like like who like top ten. Oh, like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but maybe like, we could try. That's a curveball. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, yeah, Byrne gets a bit of grief and it's like he's he's been a bit unfortunate like that he does get like injuries at the wrong time and he doesn't ever have like a consistent run of games as well. But again, he, he's one of those people. It's it's more like the legend than what we're actually seeing on the pitch. Like you know, because everyone talks him up and. Like, but I've seen glimpses of it as well, but like what you just need is like that run of games. So like maybe he might get it at the week. Like if, if Ross is out for a while, they might just go, go for it and say, here, listen, two European games. Like it's a big risk. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be, surely they can't go Sam Prendergast. So it's going to be Harry Byrne or, or Frawley. Like, and the safer option probably seems to be Frawley. Like, but I go with Frawley. Like think about it. Like uh, he brings on the game line. He's, he's very physical, runs great run lines, knows his stuff inside out. And I just think if we start with Harry Byrne, they're going to target him. 
Now, if you have a 10 who's out of the game from early onset and then every, he's out of kilter, he's kind of flustered. Now, I'm not saying he is, but mm. I, I have to agree with Pat. There's been a lot of chat, not a lot of actions to back mm-hmm. it up. And, you know, even internally through coaching, um, a guy who was involved with us with Ireland years back, you know, would have spoke just briefly, nothing um, comparing anything, but would have spoke so highly of Harry. And I am the same thing. I'm waiting to see that, do you know, because yeah. I think as well, you know, when you're used to Johnny, when you're used to success, and we ha- success, um, when we have to move on, obviously as well. But I just think it's come at the wrong time for us. Mm-hmm. So I personally start with um Frawley. Harry Byrne probably has to start on the bench. I think Sam Prendergast is probably a little bit too exper- inexperienced. Mm. But at the same time, I wouldn't actually doubt that man because I think he just come on and he's a little bit like Matt Hansen. Nothing really phased mm. him. Um, took a little bit of uh, who was he against Glasgow? Was it that time? Who did they play? Where he started? Um, no, Scarlet, Scarlet. sorry, Scarlet. Uh, I thought he did exceptionally well. He did. Kind yeah. of phased in and out when they got a bit physical with him, was, which would be the only mm. thing I'd worry about. But you're kind of looking at it now going, right, now that um, Rossburn is injured, we're kind of really short on tens for experience-wise and someone who's had consistency. That's it, consistency. Yeah. Because I feel like every time a player gets a chance at 10, they're under pressure because they want to do something amazing in that yeah. game because they probably won't start the next week. So every every player is trying to hold on to that jersey, but they don't have the confidence to know that they'll be picked in the following week. Like Kieran Frawley really didn't put a foot wrong against Leinster. He said against Munster and he said in the interview pre-match against Connacht that he wants to start at 10. So it's yeah. it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. And I think Frawley, I suppose, um, this has been the chat, tr- you know, probably from all areas of media, ex-players, you know, <clears throat> they want to see Kieran Frawley at 10. He, he came in at the wrong time with Ireland, got injured, I think, wasn't it, away in that yeah. New Zealand tour. Yeah, yeah. And he's been very unfortunate, but mm-hmm. he started this season with Leinster exceptionally well. Um, he's scoring tries, his running lines, He's he knows his uh, the gameplay inside out. He's not afraid to bring players in. He's physical. That's going to be a big thing for me and mm-hmm. that's why I'd give him the nod this weekend. Nothing's going to phase him. Um, so yeah, I think it is consistently because it's funny, isn't it? We spoke about JJ Hanrahan who, who we didn't even mention for Connacht. I actually yeah, had his yeah. exception against Leinster. Um, and again, another thing, Pete Wilkins would have, it, it's a nice happy rivalry between him and Carthy but it brings players to, to rise up and I think they do deserve that consistently mm-hmm. but they need to start looking at that probably long term if, if Ross is out. La Rochelle on Sunday uh, they're in ninth position in the top 14 at the moment but like Leinster they don't become a bad team overnight mm. they're back to back champions this game doesn't have a lot um, riding on it when it comes to Leinster's chances of um, getting ahead in the competition but psychologically it's huge mm. for Leinster to get one over on La Rochelle finally yeah it's 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 perfect for them like an early season game like they had the Munster one almost like the, as a big kind of warm up and there'll be I think two two inter-pro games to kind of really kind of get them get the juices going like but yeah this would be if they lost again like four in a row then against La Rochelle so to go it's probably even better for them to go away like and um, the big shame is that Rossburn is missing, but they'll otherwise be a pretty stacked Leinster team. They're going to put out at the, on on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, Sunday yeah, afternoon. Sunday like afternoon. so, but well, Larochelle will be kind of like they'll know again. Yeah, whoever's starting at ten is going to be feeling the pressure. Like so, they're going to go for it. Like and um, they have Leinster's number. Like and they'll you know and I'm sure I'd be so fascinated to see what, what Raj does this time to kind of build them up. Um, 
he's always so class in the kind of media stuff like you know like what Leo games Cullen. will he play yeah yeah <laughs> like even like Leo Cullen and, and Stuart Lancaster never really liked kind of playing those games but Roger will have some angle for him they'll probably still be the, the little underdogs and kind of and sure like you know we, we never get the breaks and like almost like Davy Fitz or something like that like but w- what kind of mind games is he going to play there but like um, yeah this this couldn't be a better test for Leinster like to go over there to go over to France this is what they kind of needed last year like they they won so much they played at home all the time mm-hmm. they had a kind of like a, what some people would say is like an unfair path to the thing which they earned you know like but um, now they're going to wait a season yeah. and this is like a great early season test so to kind of see what they're made of like and see what lads who've kind of like even it'll be interesting to see who starts but like will all the big boys come back again like but will the likes of Culhan or kind of you know Scott Penny or Deegan will they get a go and uh, who will they go in the second row it's kind of it's it's fascinating to watch you'll have Ryan back you'll have maybe Baird as well um, it's yeah it's the game of the weekend like yeah but, and it's difficult to assess really where Leinster are at because we haven't had that run that continuity of players yeah like how do you how do uh, again like I'm going to assume Roger's going to prepare for the best Leinster team he's played against. Um, this is the interesting chat about Nina Barr coming in. This is where I suppose this is his bread and mm. butter now. He might be able to play the mind games back with um, with Roger considering, you know, who he's been protege for over the last number of years. <laughs> yeah. He has to have picked up a few um, pointers with that. So um, I'm hoping he's going to galvanise because I suppose that's one thing that stood out for me was Leinster's defence was so, there was so many dog legs the overfolding of decisions so that's something they normally pride themselves on is that line speed those big hits against the, um, behind the gain line I haven't seen glimpses of that now so far mm-hmm. inconsistently so so I don't uh, see Cullahan getting even though he, mm-hmm. he had a great game at eight I, Scott Penny he's, you know he's captain uh, I'm not sure he'd probably be on the bench maybe yeah, yeah. but he's probably won Um Deacon, same thing. He turned a corner for me, but I'm not sure he's going to get in. Do you know, I, I would think we're going to revert to type and a, a pretty much predictable Leinster team going ahead to France. But listen, I could be wrong. And what way will this game plan out, pan out? I think that the areas where I see La Rochelle targeting, targeting us exactly how they did before. They'll target the breakdown, they'll target the set piece and it is something that wouldn't be both confident after coming away with Connacht now after the weekend. Yeah, considering O'Gara will so have seen a lot of deficiencies yeah. over the past few weeks. 100% and again, something that didn't stood out for me, we spoke about it in Munster, not, you know, not being able to act in the moment to actually change something to try and negate the you know the dominance of your opposition I didn't see Leinster change anything they just kept overthrows uh, Charlie Natai nearly lost his head with an overthrow from Lee Barron mm. but again Lee Barron is coming in and he, he, he hasn't gotten a lot of experience it's very hard to come in as hooker and expect to like you're having to throw then the scrum is out of kilter so um you know, there are things that I would hope would just, you know, be able to... They're quick fixes when you bring back in experienced mm-hmm. players. Not to take away. You have to blood the experience. So, um, yeah, I would I would think... I would be sending out a message personally. I know it has no impact, but psychologically, I agree with Pat. To me, Leinster need to go out. They need to absolutely blow every La Rochelle player who comes near their ball at the breakdown. They need to send a message where they're like, yeah, come after our set piece because you're not going to have any fault with us mm-hmm. this weekend. And I think that will just build the confidence for every other game going forward. You know, whether we're talking about URC or, or European competition, I think now they need, need to bed these down. There will they go. get the job done? No. I think, uh, yeah, I'd be ver- I w- I'm not too confident now. It's 50-50 for me. 
to be honest, because I don't mm. know what team he's going to go with. Um, and the other side of it, he could want to blood more players. You know, we sp- we've spoken about really exceptional players there who would get in the starting lineup in any other squad and they mightn't even make the mm. t- match day 23. So it's going to be hard. Hard to see him do that, though, against La Rochelle. I would hope he wouldn't. As yeah. I said, I think of anything, they, they have been our Achilles heel. And I think now, you know, we speak about these world's, you know, renowned rivalries between Munster and Leinster. This has now become a rivalry yeah. that I want to put, you know, as a Leinster yeah. supporter. I, I, I was actually starting to think there, yeah, like, we're talking about Frawley as well, like, but it's all, because of Neen Arbor is there now, like, um, 6-2 split, 7-1 split, even. Uh, Frawley able to cover the whole back line, keep him on the bench, have, you know, like, you're... Um, seven forwards like, you know do they go really try and match him physically like imagine that was his first play like as, as proper I'm head I'm head coach now and <laughs> like we're going seven forwards <laughs> on the bench like you know it'd be it'd be interesting to see mm. like but I think you might definitely see six two like mm. uh, split and kind of and that's the big like the other thing is like yeah do they don't get in a lead against La Rochelle maybe try and be like the underdog and maybe come back in the second half but yeah even like a losing bonus point would be good but like it won't mean anything to Leinster because they want to go there and kind of and show these Lay guys down a marker. That, yeah because they can't lose four well they can but they they can't lose four in a row to them yeah well, thanks a million, guys. That's all we have time for on today's show. Things are really heating up for the Irish provinces as focus switches now to European action. We'll be back again on House of Rugby next week. Until then, from myself, Pat and Lindsay, Slongafone. Sports Show presents House of Rugby.